Okay. I think we can change the music into gone. <laughs> thank you uh, for that piece of music, the Dragon Ritual Drummers. Thank you, Utu Witch Doctor. And welcome, everyone. We had a late start um, due to technical difficulties. We've had some storms up here in Midland, uh, tornado warnings, etc. cetera. Uh, Chris was having some technical difficulties. And uh, well, we're here live now. So welcome, everybody, to episode, what is it, 30? No. 28. 27, 27, 27. Okay, I'm ahead of myself. I'm ahead of myself. So it's Friday, October 27th in the witchy season. So welcome everyone who's tuning in. And I want to say welcome to Chris Allen, who is our guest tonight. And also welcome to Jean Jerome, my co-host. Welcome, Jean Jerome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope everybody's doing well. And for the Canadian audience, I hope you've been able to weather today's storms in Ontario. Oh, my God. Crazy weather. Crazy weather. So, Jean Jerome, I'm going to ask you if you could read the bio because I'm sitting in my kitchen today instead of in my living room. So, you know, in case you see a dog face coming up, throwing my underarm or something, it's because, you know, I'm in the kitchen and they want something, right? So, all Absolutely. right. It'd be my pleasure to, to read uh, our guest's uh, bio. Uh, so Chris Allen has been studying witchcraft and magic since 1992. He is an ordained pagan minister with the Fellowship of the Phoenix and is also a Native American pipe carrier. He is an initiate of traditional witchcraft as well. He teaches classes on witchcraft, magic, shamanism, energy healing, and necromancy. His goal is to help the community to reconnect to the three shamanic words for healing and uh, empowerment. And he's also a, an accomplished author. He's about also going to be talking about his uh, soon-to-be-released book, The Other World. Yes. And uh, we're welcome. Welcome, Chris. <laughs> Hi. Yes. How are you? <laughs> We're good. We're good. We're good now. We're all here. So this is a good thing. So, yes, um, I'm looking forward to that book, too. Thank you for sending us a, a small insert of that uh, book there. Very good topics. I was saying to Jean Jerome, I said, all of these things is totally what I'm into. Totally. <laughs> good, it, it's good. like it fits. It's like a glove, right? So, um, and we see people already tuning in and saying hello and and how are you and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm going to uh, start with our questions as we always do. So, my first question to you, Chris. I know we've had our uh, preliminary uh, discussions, and um, I'm looking forward to this show because you, you've got. A wide assortment, and, and I like that because you have a little bit of everything in there. You know, it's like yeah. having a good stew. You know, so anyway, so I'll start with my first question: um, At what age did you discover your ability to speak with spirits? Like, what path did you find yourself taking to emerge as an otherworld communicator? Because this is what I think is key with you. Um, so for myself, I would say my entire life, I can actually remember when I was like, I want to say two or three years old. And the only reason I can remember so young 
is because it was a traumatizing experience. Um, I remember, <laughs> I, so I used, our house at the time had the front door had a um, window so you can see who was there. And I would see spirits show their face and wave at me and try to talk to me at, at two years old. Like I remember, and I remember the first time it happened, I screamed. And I remember my parents going, there's nobody there. I'm like, I am looking at them. They're right there. You know? <laughs> and then my whole life I've heard, this is gonna sound you know, funny. I've heard voices. I've heard, um, I've had mm -hmm. spirits in, in my home, ghosts, whatever. Um, and I think it's a family thing because um, my uh, mother yes. had the same thing. Like she would always have spirits and, and, and so he used to contact the spirits on the um, Ouija board. Um, and then mm -hmm. I, like, I got deeper into it when I was like a teenager and, you know, all things like that. So, so I've had them my entire life and I just assumed that everyone saw the dead, you know? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Totally the same way in the sense that, you know, you have those imaginary friends that you think everyone has, right? Um, so I, I totally get that. Now you said something about your mom used to actually use the Ouija board. Well, she did but when she was a teenager with, um, ah, with um, I did too. <laughs> Truth be told, I did. Oh, I own like uh, four of them. I think they're great. I actually uh, collect antique Ouija boards. I think they're awesome. But anyway. Oh, wow. So, huh? I said, oh, wow. I love it. What, would it, what were you going to say, Jean Jerome? No, nothing, nothing. You Keep going. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say something. I know. I My mom threw my Ouija board away. <laughs> oh, my mom threw like three of mine away because the reason was because when um, she, she, she used to contact the dead, dead um, my cousin, so actually her cousin was a um, witch, so uh, they would uh, oh, cool. gravitate towards her and all of a sudden the house uh -huh. would be haunted again and they would have to have it cleansed again. Um, <laughs> so then after a while, she, she was just like, okay, no more with the dead. But yeah. she always had prophetic dreams. She always had a strong intuition. Yeah. Um, in fact, my little brother, he, he sees spirits too. But uh, my family's Christians, so they'll say, "Oh, it was the angels," or "Oh, oh, Jesus, yeah. uh, let the spirit of so and so come, come speak yeah. to us." And yeah. so it's a very, yeah. like, it has a whole lot of of a folk elements in it. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I totally get it. Like that Catholic yeah. folk, I totally yeah. get that. I know it was sort of the, the same thing with me too. It was like. Um, you know, I referred to them as angels, the ones that were always around me, right? You know, they yeah. were just all angels as far as I was concerned, right? Um, so now with regards to that, so you obviously come by it honestly. You know, you were born into that. Your family is of that same background. You know, you're all very familiar with spirit and stuff. So uh -huh. how would you 
how would you define yourself um, as far as your actual path? Like at what point did you come to, let's say, paganism or as a shamanic practitioner or as a witch? Take me through that. So I'm actually all of those things. I don't like, I Perfect. don't know how just to be one thing or the other. Um, so when I was like 16 years old, I found witchcraft. Um, I studied all the books I could find at the time, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then- To do with witchcraft? Mm-hmm, with witchcraft, yeah. Okay. And then, and then a few years after that, um, I was a formally trained, and I became an, an ordained pagan um, minister. And then a few years after that, I decided to do like energy healing and all that. And then mm -hmm. it just so mm -hmm. happened that my energy healing teacher is Apache. And so I was like, hey, I'm part Cherokee. I know it's not the same tribe, but I don't have, like I wasn't raised in that tradition so right. she agreed to, to uh, train key and so she uh, she trained key in like a lot of the sacred songs and the sweat lodge the pipe ceremony yeah. um i've done vision quest like all those things um and then throughout the whole time i was always involved with I mean, I've always had an inclination to the spirits of the dead. So right. I did a lot of research and study about the ancestors, working with the dead, um, the underworld and so forth. And um, and, and these were yeah. your ancestors. So when you say your ancestors, you mean like your ancestors, right? Your indigenous yeah. native ancestors. I find that's very interesting because... Um, I find most people, like we said, it runs in the family. And when you have that connection, and obviously I think spirit led you to be able to find the teacher that you did, oh God, that yes. helped you with yes. the shamanic path. And we had that private discussion about your teacher, right? And yeah. and we went into a little bit more depth with, um, you know, all the things that she had told or taught you and everything. And I think that's key. That really is. I think that really was spirit talking, you know, through her to be able to connect with you right because you have that ancestral link so i think that's important definitely yeah. now you you're an accomplished author you have written at <laughs> least like four so. <laughs> <laughs> well no you are i mean you've written four books and they're all wonderful topics you know i you know personally i look at you and to me I think of you as a shamanic witch. How do you feel about that? Is that same a title thing. that you're yeah. comfortable with? Yeah, same thing. I'm, with? So I'm trying to like really get away from the word shaman simply because it, it belongs to, to, to a, a Absolutely. specific people. So I'm trying to right. say I, I like the term spirit walker because you walk with this the spirits. However, just because, so sometimes I'm having a conversation. If I say that, they're like, what's a spirit walker? I'm like, it's a shaman. Oh, so sometimes for clarification, I still use the right. word shaman, but I'm really trying to slowly get away from 
the word shaman. The word, yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. but for clarification, you know, of communication, I'll still use it. Yeah, but you know, like when I think of shamanic um, witch, I don't think it's specific to any sort of way of uh, uh, tradition, a specific tradition, as much as it's embracing indigenous culture um, in in the sense of, of where your ancestral roots are, right? So I don't know. I, I'm looking at it from that angle. Um, but I like the I like that word, the spirit a uh, spirit walker, right? Because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. you you the You've done that your entire life, right? Yeah. So let's get back to let's get back to your books because some of the other titles of the books. Can you give us the titles of the other books? Because I think I think they're a lead up to your latest book, right? Because yeah. your latest book, honestly, I think that's that's a book that I'm going to have to put on my list to to purchase. <laughs> Um, so the first book that came out is called Underworld Shamanism, um, Myth and um, Magic. The second book is a follow-up or a sequel. It's called Deeper into the Underworld, um, uh, Death, Ancestors, and Magical Rites. And then the mm -hmm. third is called Upper World, uh, Magic and Shamanism of the Celestial realm mm -hmm. and the brand new book is called other world ecstatic witchcraft for the spirits of the land so it is a it is a set but, but they're all designed to be individual so if right. you, so if you want to do the upper world just buy upper world if you just mm -hmm. want to work mm -hmm. with ancestors then just get the underworld and this new mm -hmm. book is going to be about Fairies, elves, dragons, um, animal ma 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 magic, and the nature spirits, shape shifting, mm -hmm. um, Mother Earth, mm -hmm. all those things. You know. Yeah, no, I really, really like it, and I like that it, it's it, like you said, it's it's like a series within itself. So to me, yeah. that whole series, like when I look at it, it is very shamanic in that way, you know, because you've got your upper world, you know, you've got your your lower world, right? You right now, it's that other world that we deal with on other realms, right? Mm -hmm. It no, it, it sounds like a very good book. I'm I'm. I think I'm going to put that on my list. Seriously, I, so. I am. And I don't say that often, right? But I do. I want to support our guests, right? And yeah, I mean, I your, your books are very interesting and your background is very interesting. And this is what I want people to know is, is your background, right? Yeah. So, okay. So I'm glad you said that, you know, because like I was, when I looked at that, I said, I, I thought, how do I define you? But to me, <laughs> you are pagan, you are yeah. shamanic. And you're a witch. I mean, like all those things. Yeah, you're all those things. I love that. Now, um, because it's written from, would you say your books are written from a shamanic perspective? And um, what are the kind of ish? Okay, so what are the cultures that inspired your spirituality to these books in, in particular? Cause I, I noticed that there's a very strong Norse, but I, I want you to, to tell me about that. Well, it depends upon the book. Um, each book. Let's talk about your latest book, the one that's coming up. So that one is a, in the, in, it has a three traditions that I follow. Um, it it is heathen. It's also Celtic. 
But I also throw in some Native American spirituality. Yes. There, especially the part about the animal helpers and your spirit animal and things like that, because I think that especially my training in the um, Lakota tradition, um, they really have a very strong connection to the to the animal spirits also the plant spirits the tree spirits and so forth so then for those are the three and these are the more uh from my perspective it's a very earthy can can the can can the book is supposed to be a spiritual representation of the earth itself so um those are the traditions i follow those are the traditions i been working with for a long time so i was just like hmm, how can i explain about the other world explain about the fairies the elves and so forth and do it in a way that is is a very uh, uh congruent to to my path but mm-hmm. but can also be used to help other people on their path so it isn't right. like you have to be heathen or you have to be Celtic or whatever. Absolutely. These are just things that inspired me and just gave me some depth and and background Mm -hmm. book. No, because, you know, I mean, I have nothing against people who follow one's tradition or or the other. But let's face it, all of us who have come up through our magical paths and our spiritual paths, we we stumble on these other paths, these other cultures. They influence us. Uh-huh. We can't say that they don't, right? So having said that, you know, heathenry had an effect, uh, Norse, Celtic, and um, very much so your native background. What do you practice all of them in, in a sense? Like what is your daily practice? My How would daily you- practice is to mm-hmm. um, wake up and have a cup of coffee. That's my daily practice. No, um, <laughs> I try to do, so here's the thing. You don't do everything at the same time. So like, okay. um, my daily practice is, is I will like do a, a daily smudge. I will give offerings of, of, of a, a smudge or smoke or whatever to the four directions mm-hmm. and, and uh, mother earth and father sky but then i have a strong greco roman aspect and so um i'll give offerings and prayers to me um for diana that's the gods of the moon and then to my god mm-hmm. is the god of healing and then i will take some t- um tobacco and then i'll i'll say all the things i'm i have gratitude for for it because in wonderful in the Native American tradition, you have to give uh, gratitude. You have to. If you don't do anything else, you give gratitude and thanks. And so then I give the tobacco to the spirits, and then I like bring down healing and energy, and I work with energy in my in my body mm-hmm. for healing. And that's how I uh, begin the day. And then depending mm-hmm. upon the day, I may. Like on full moons, um, I'll do, I'll have my traditional witchcraft circle and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll go out into the forest and do all kinds of 
of crazy things and shape shift and and tread the mill and do um, magic and so forth. But in my traditional uh, uh, craft, we have a strong heathen slant, so um, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll call Helen for Holda and we'll. Uh, use the runes and call the dragon and call the elves and things along like that. And then, um, but, but other times I'll do a pipe ceremony. Sometimes I do it for the public. Sometimes I just do it for the spirits themselves and just have a ceremony for the spirits. Right. And that. And then sometimes I just bang on a drum and scream and mm-hmm. sing and, and, and holler and do those things so exactly, it exactly. going on it depends upon there's a holiday or full moon or whatever right well it yeah. sounds very similar to basically kind of like what i do too you know it, it's it's how i honor my spirits that are around me yeah. obviously um and and the sacred smoke as you say you know the the smudge that type of thing um so when when you do um your daily ritual it is always very sacred to to give thanks and that's that i think is very key and important right um and when you're you're talking to your spirits is this something that you do on a daily basis and this is the spirits that are around you and also the ones you work with like i know you work with deity right so do you honor them on a daily basis as well i do i I give them um uh, prayers and like um, smoke offerings and things um i have a bunch of helpers because i'm a massage therapist i'm a spirit walker energy healer right so i also have the helper spirits i i call and i talk to and i'll say hey spirits blah 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 um, we're going to do right. healing today and I yeah. need your guidance and your help. And so I will pray to them and I'll give them like offerings and things. And then, and, and they talk to me, sometimes they'll say, Hey, I can tell this uh, person has some problems in their heart or this person has some problems in their hips. And so I'll work on the heart or work on the hip or, or work on the knee, right. whatever they tell me to do. I just. Right. I try not to. So you have. (laughs) So you no, obviously. (laughs) So you have an active practice. Then people come to you for healings. That this is something that you do, right? Yeah, I mean, I. um, I have clients. I I also teach classes online. I do. um, Yeah, I mean, it's an ongoing practice. You know. Um, Right. Right. So let's, sorry. So let's talk about your practice and your certifications because I know you have them. You your your healing. They're in a healing modality as a death midwife and as a massage therapist. So let's talk <laughs> about that before we get into your workshops because I know you hold public workshops as yeah. well. Because I find I want to talk about the death midwife. I find this is very. We have we refer to them here in Canada as death doulas, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. So the uh, death. Of- what made you get into it? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Huh? How did I get into it? 
Yeah. So I am a ordained priest with the uh, Fellowship of the Phoenix, which is a LGBTQ pagan uh, mm-hmm. or church, whatever you want to say. And I've had, you know, my congregation or friends or friends of friends because they go, I talk to uh, spirits and I heal. So I've been called to death beds. I've been, um, mm-hmm. I've held vigil for people uh, dying. Mm-hmm. I also do a sort of, um, um, energy healing at the point of death that we call POA. It comes from Tibet, and it helps the uh, can helps the uh, spirit transition uh, for transitions out of the crown chakra. Um, okay. But anyway, okay, because I've always done that, I I decided to um, forget certification through a, a, a dear friend of. Um, mine. Her name is Angie Buchanan, and she mm-hmm. is, and sh- she's an ordained minister of, of her tradition. Um, mm-hmm. It's called um, Earth Traditions, and they have a, a death um, 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 kid wife class and certification. So I took it, mm-hmm. and, the, mm-hmm. and part of it is uh, the the class itself. Yes, it talks about how to hold a vigil and how to do um and how to be present for the right. dying and the family but, but right. it also teaches you how to talk to people about the funeral how to arrange it with the funeral uh funeral directors how to arrange it with the family it also teaches you what you can and cannot do in home funerals and things like that. So you also learn how to be an advocate for the family because I think as we all know, when you're grieving, especially heavily, it's really hard to make a decision, especially because a lot of people, especially if you absolutely you don't have a plan and so you you're trained to help people have a plan you know and you're also trained to be present for for the dying and speak with them and be with them and you can hold space mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. you know it's it's yeah. one of my favorite things ever in the whole wide world to do and it's an honor say, it really is it's an honor to be able to do oh that, you know. God, yes. It, yes, it's yes. it's it's their it's their last dying wishes, right? And you're there to help them with that. I think that's extremely important. Absolutely, absolutely. I I I actually don't have words about the feeling about being present and being there, just being with someone because. You know, people grieve a different way. Sometimes the family's very quiet and very somber, and sometimes they're Absolutely. screaming and hollering, and, and you have to be able to switch back and forth depending upon who who's doing the grieving and what they need at the at the time. You know, um, yeah. It's like you're the anchor. You really have to be an anchor in those circumstances because I know, you know. 
it, it's hard to detach yourself. Like I know when both my parents died, we had to detach ourselves from our grieving time to be yeah. able to look at the more mundane, you know, getting the casket, et cetera, et cetera, all those things, right? And then focus back on our grieving period, you know, and, and, and also to, you know, welcome friends and family if you want to come and share that moment with you. You know, to me, I think being a death uh, midwife or death doula is very important because it helps the family. And but more so, I think it would help the person who is dying. And that's that to me, I think is key. I really do. You know, because it, it's 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 not a it's a scary moment for the person who is passing on. You know, unless they're fully accepting of their death there's still the, the the unknown right so how do you deal with that in, in that respect um you just have to take it as it comes because i mean you don't you really know what's going to happen you don't know like for example um, if you ever um, in a situation to where they have to turn off life support, sometimes it takes three hours. Sometimes it takes three seconds. It's you have no clues. So you just have to be present, and you really have to, I think, really connect with your with your um, spirits, your guardians, your ancestors, because I think that you. Uh, you cannot do this type of work without honoring your own ancestors and, Absolutely. and working with those energies. Um, and then you just you go into a place of healing. And you know that place. It's like I'm about to do sacred work. I'm about to do um, Absolutely. Um, a ceremony. I'm about to do whatever, you know. And as long as you have your spirits and you have that sacred intention, you're fine. You know, Absolutely. I mean, sometimes I've been taken off guard because all of a sudden I've had people just start screaming, but I don't, it doesn't upset me. I'm just like, oh, so I have to change my approach now, which is uh, fine because what happens is you have um, one family member who's quiet, another family member who's like crying, 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 another family member who's in denial, another family member who processes differently in this way. And you have to be able to uh, negotiate through all of that. You know? Wow. And to be honest, it's, I think all it's my hard. Of, of, of being a priest and being a massage therapist, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of things happen, so I'm fine with it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Wow. That takes a really strong constitution for sure to be able to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do you, how did you come upon um, your massage? Like, how do you approach your massage? You obviously had formal training as far as being yeah. massage therapists. Yeah. You have to have... Um, all types of, of school and certification and exams and all types of stuff. Um, so how I got it was very funny. Um, I, I feel like my 
need every time I add something, the spirits are like, Chris, you have to check out so and so because at the time I was probably twenty seven years old or so, and uh-huh. I was really tired of working in retail and things like that, and and so finally mm-hmm. I had a friend say, why don't you do massage therapy? I'm like. Huh, I never thought of that. I'll try it. And so I tried a class and I thought, this is so cool and so healing and so spiritual. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a massage therapist. And so that was 2003. Mm-hmm. So I decided that, hey, I'm gonna incorporate that into everything else that I do. And plus, yes, it does carry you over. People. You get to heal all day long. So it's awesome. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I took massage therapy years ago, too, and I found it always carried me over that same sort of um, being present at the moment yes. with someone Absolutely. when they're in pain or when they're having an emotional moment. Because, you know, people sometimes think that massage therapy is just hands on, you know, relaxation or whatever. But people come to you because they're in pain. And that pain sometimes is is a result of emotional and you have to address that you know it's yeah. not all just physical quick, quick interjection you know? Teresa we're, we're a, a couple of our guests are, are indicating and I hear it there's a background crackling noise so I'm not sure if it's the mic or something one of somebody's mic or if there's maybe like a fan or something in the vicinity Chris do you have I mean, I'm going to silence your, your, your microphone for a second, Teresa, just to see if it's yours or Chris's, okay? Okay. Say something, Chris. Hello, hello. A little bit more? Um, no, it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. Okay, so let me, let me just silence yours for a minute, Chris, for one second. Say something, Teresa. Okay, so... I'm okay. Um, I wonder, yeah. is it my spirits around me? Are they coming no. in a little too loud or something? No? Well, so maybe Chris, it might have been. So it's Chris? Chris? It, it seems that like it's on your side. So unless you, you have a lot of spirits right now that are gathered around you, causing a little bit of uh, electromagnetic interference. But I don't know if you have anything else nearby that could be causing it. Oh, it stopped now. Oh, to be honest, okay. I hear it on your end as well. Every time you're talking, I hear it too. I hear it occasionally too. There, okay, see well, when I talk, it comes up. Yeah, it, it comes up a little bit as well. Well, all I know is that I know outside it's the wind is blustering out here, so it could be at my end. I don't know. Um, okay, we'll carry on. Carry on. Retrograde—that's what it is. That's it. That's it. Retrograde. That's what it is. We'll just go with it, you know, because I keep hearing it too, and I—I'm just assuming because, like I said, I mean, we've had tornado warnings here twice. Storms have blown through. We've had power outages. Uh, move and see if it helps at all. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Did it stop? Say something. <laughs> testing, testing. I still hear it when you talk. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I'm so, still hearing. So, yeah. oh well, I tried. <laughs> okay, well, it could be, it could be. Uh, I mean, Mercury retrograde in StreamYard itself that's having a sound quality. See, and I thought it was, I thought it was coming from you, John Jerome, because your screen sometimes freezes. No, I muted one. It's not that. Okay, well, I don't know. That's okay. Well, we'll continue. We'll have to. Well, yeah. Work here with we'll it. continue on. Okay. Sorry, Chris, to put you no, through all fine. of that. No, you're fine. I just had to plug in to my phone. Okay. I'm gonna, I changed places to see if that helps. So. Yeah. I think it's just Wait, the way it is. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about again? Okay, so we were talking about massage therapy. Oh yeah, and I was yeah, and I was saying that I had taken massage therapy, and I found it carried me through a lot of things too, yeah. because you're dealing with people's emotions and not just their physical um, pain. You know, there's emotional pain that comes with that. You know, and sometimes you know you're surprised by it. I don't know about you, but I know I remember one time um, massaging a, a guy. He was an athlete. And um, he had just finished, you know, his series of, of runs and things like this. And he's talking, talking. And all of a sudden, he goes completely silent. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, he must be really getting into this right now. And then he started to shake. And I, I thought, oh, my God, like, what's wrong? But I realized it was an emotional release for him. So I, di I didn't, you know, I didn't want to embarrass him by bringing it to his attention. I just let him have his moment and you why know are you crying? <laughs> yeah why you cry do i make you cry <laughs> you know? but you know you realize that that's sometimes what happens you know and you as a healer whether you do massage therapy or as you said you know dealing with people's emotions especially during such an emotional time when someone that they love has passed away You've got to be there, you know, front and center and, and really kind of focus in on not just where you're coming from, but where are they at at that moment? Yeah, one of the things that people, including myself, when I first uh, began, is you always uh, think you have to say something to, to, to help. The best thing is just simply to be quiet and hold spiritual space for them. And that's Absolutely. it. If they ask you a question, you know, of course you're going to talk to them, but your job mm -hmm. isn't to fix anything. You're not uh, right. correcting anything. You're not healing anything. You're just, you're holding spiritual. You're just being there. And to be honest, I think a lot of us need to learn how to do that anyway. Like how many times have you been upset and you want your friend to be there? But you don't yeah. really want to talk about it. <laughs> you just like I just want someone here, and I want some uh, green listen tea. To that's me. all I want. You know, right? Just listen yeah. to me. Hold my hand, or or you know, just listen. Or just you know, silence. I don't want. You know. Yeah, I don't want input. I just want to be able to unload. That's you know, right. and that's that's key, Chris. I think when we talk about holding. Um, sacred space people give lip service to it but how often do we really understand what that means and i thank you for bringing that up exactly you know is just to be there to listen you know without judgment right, right. absolutely without any interjection of your own 
emotionality, let that person have theirs is, is really what it comes down to, you know? And I think that's, that's important. So um, having said that, <laughs> I think this leads us into your workshops, speaking of holding sacred space and how you do that. So tell us what your classes are about and what do you teach and offer? Oh, that's so much. Um, I know, but that's okay. I'm, I'm all for it. You name something, I teach it. Um, so I teach everything from um, witchcraft to, to paganism to um, 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 magic. And there is a difference between witchcraft and like um, uh, magic. magic. Because um, what, uh, what the difference is, is that magic is more of a ritualized. Um, think ceremonial magic, think Kabbalah, think um, go for, for Goisha conjuring the spirits, a formula, um, circles, uh, triangles, um, sacred uh, geometry, things like that. Is ma um, uh, magic witchcraft is taking a cauldron and some graveyard uh, dirt, screaming and calling the spirits. <laughs> that, that to me is what the distinction is. And you laugh, but how many times have you? Got some graveyard dirt, screamed, and oh, here's a spirit. <laughs> Whereas on magic is you have to know the planetary correspondence, you have to know the four elements, you have to know what spirits or, or angels you're doing, you have to know um, for correspondences about the moon, astrology, all those things. Um, but anyway, um, I also teach, of course, and um, 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 ancestors, uh, working with the spirits of the dead, things like that. Um, energy healing, all types of healing, everything from um, Reiki to to quantum touch to chakra healing, blah 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 blah. And then, uh, what else do I teach? I have to think about it. Um, there's, oh, shamanism. <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> um, shamanism. I, I can't believe I forgot that. Um, what else? Um, now, can I ask yeah. you something? That's a lot. Yeah. When, when you talk about teaching people shamanism, what um, type of shamanism are you teaching? Is it a certain tradition or no. is it just in general? It's, it's it's a very general wise, like I'll teach people about the three worlds, I'll teach people how to journey, I'll teach people about power animals and, and, and animal helpers, I'll teach people how to have like spirit contacts in all three worlds, like an ancestral teacher, a, a, um, a nature spirit teacher, a divine mm -hmm. teacher, or an angel or God or planetary spirit or something. And then I'll teach like soul retrieval. I'll teach um, yeah. how to do ceremonies. Like one of the things I teach is basically once you have all these spirit contacts and you know how to journey, you know how to do healings, I teach how to come up with the ceremony designed to help heal someone. So for example, if someone uh, someone says, hey, Chris, I, I, I feel like out of sorts, I'm, I'm, I need a soul retrieval, I'm not sure. 
Um, I just feel sick. I might have this disease or that disease. And then I'll teach people how to hear all this and, and by, by having a relationship with, with their spirits and things and their ancestors, right. how to, how to come up with a healing ceremony for that person that's uh, designed mm -hmm. for certain individual needs, you know? So it's-, it's To tune in, it's, it's like tuning into their own um, needs, especially during the, the, their illness, right? Absolutely. And that's important too. You're able to do that because you're a healer and that's what makes it easier for you, you know, to be able to, to guide someone towards that. So it's really, it's like a one-on-one. -on -one. It's very individualized, right? Yes. Okay. Um, a part of the reason I do that is because a lot of teachers, workshop, books, whatever, and they teach things like, Oh, here's how to have your spirit animal. Here's how to journey. Okay, right. that's it, though. I'm like, ah, how do we help people? How do we help ourselves? What do we do? How do we honor the spirits? And so, uh, so over the years, I've designed classes about how to teach people how to put things into practice. Because I remember right. being so frustrated about yes. have all these great yes. teachers, but they don't teach you how to put it into practice. I'm like no, what do I Thank do, you. do now? What do I do now? It's kind of like, okay, you graduated college, but how do I go to work? You know, yeah, how like I how do I go find that job? Right? You yeah. know, like it, it's those that. key things. You know, I think that's important. Let let me so, talk a little bit about if um, if, if, Teresa, if I can interject one sec. Uh, quick question, uh, Chris. Uh, if for those people tuning in. You, you mentioned a term which is not very commonly used uh, in in as many uh, cultures, many practices, but it's very interesting. I think it's worthy of, def of further definition and also clarification. Um, and that is soul retrieval. Yeah. Yes. If you can define it and also from which uh, cultural access or spiritual access you you practice you do that practice. Was it from you know from the info of Lakota? Was it from another uh, ancient practice, indigenous practice? Where does the the soul? That's not a very common no, common so trait. Soul retrieval. You rarely see it in a Native American practice. At least I have never seen it or heard of it. How I was actually trained of one of my very 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 first uh, teachers. He is, um, he was a druid, and so his a brand of soul retrieval comes from druidry and 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 Celtic things like that, and so and so that's the but the formula is basically the same as as neo shamanism or indigenous shamanism or whatever, um, and so people understand what a soul retrieval. Is I think they need to understand what the difference is between the spirit and the soul. So the spirit is the the core who you are, who is very refined, who that goes on to life after life after life. It, once you are a spirit or whatever, 
it cannot be destroyed, right? A soul right. is kind of like the housing of the spirit. So it has, it's who you are, it's the eyes. So for example, it's your emotions, your memories, it's your my individuality. experiences, is my desire, is my hopes and my fears. That's the soul. So think of it as a, a glove for your spirit now that being said sometimes when you have trauma or a car accident or something something happens or you're into shock you know shock mm -hmm. to do this too, a piece of that soul that's the glove it isn't this the spirit but a piece of that glove breaks off and the reason it does that it shatters a little bit not the entire thing but a piece of it and the reason it does that it it's it's a trying to heal itself it's trying to protect aspects of the uh, of the spirit or the mind or the consciousness protected from a trauma and we know that happens all the time in psychology so like for example mm -hmm. when people will go under hypnosis or get or get therapy all of a sudden people are like oh my god i forgot that that trauma happened when i was eight years old or when i was 12 i completely block that out how many times do we say that right yes so blocking is, that out yeah a lot of people who who um a lot of teachers when they teach about soul retrieval they always teach it as there's something wrong with the soul. There's something wrong with the spirit, and it isn't. It's a healing practice to take that aspect of the the consciousness to some place in spirit, to where it will be safe until the other part of the the consciousness has a grown and healed enough for that soul piece, for that piece of of consciousness to come to come um, um, back. Now, my job when I do something like that is, first thing I do is energy healing. I don't do any retrievals until we heal the chakras, do healing, to do spiritual counseling. And then I'll talk to the spirits and see if it's okay to do it. To or retrieval. Once I right. once I get the okay from their spirits and my spirits, because we're all a team. That's right. I'll go and find the soul shard. I'll bring it back, and then when I incorporate it back into their spiritual self, I do it in such a way that's um, gradual. So, for example, I don't like here's your soul back. Bye. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're healed. Bang! You know, right, whack right. in the head. <laughs> Let's incorporate that aspect of her consciousness and her soul back into their, their energy body, back into their consciousness, and slowly integrate it. You know, and I tell them, hey, you're probably going to have some crazy dreams. You're going to have some memories as you're mm -hmm. going to remember things sometimes it isn't comfortable so i don't say when you leave the office you're going to feel amazing if anything you're going to feel like what the hell would i just do because it's kind right. of like you have to um 
clean out the dirt, right. irrigate the wound, stitch it up, and put a bandage on it. And you're like, oh, that was, oh, that was sore to do all that. But in the long right. run, run is better for your um, overall healing and things like that. Right. Now so you take them through answer. this. And, 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 and okay. the question is, and the, which that, that basic uh, approach or that basic understanding of the role of the soul. And, and I like the way you, how you define the soul mm -hmm. as being the glove to the yeah. hand, yeah. right? Because it's very, that, that little segment, that little snippet is very similar to the concept of ori or de or ori as being the soul. And it is the, what the head that encompasses all these spiritual aspects and entities that form your overall you know, makeup or spiritual makeup. Right. right. So that, that concept mm -hmm. of glove to hand as container, the head to the, you know, as the soul mm -hmm. to containing the Emmy, the spirit, the inner spirit, the your ancestor Joto, eventually also if you do crowning of Orisha, Orisha inhabits there. Very, very similar. As a first, your first guest that has, uh, I've heard mention that specifically. So that's why I need to ask, which tradition did you gain that particular piece of knowledge from? Right. That's from your Lakota teachings, I would say. So no, I want to get into no. No, from you Europe? said druid, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, one of my very first teachers was a druid, and so um, yeah, it's from that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Because you have to remember, technically, technically, even though the Lakota are in, it's an indigenous spirituality. They don't do a lot of shamanism per se, but there are a, a bunch of parallels. Like they do have animism. They do honor the earth. They honor. Well, not all of them have the three worlds. Like a lot of the tribes don't have a concept of the underworld at all. They have a concept mm. of the spirit, of the spirit world. Like a, a lot of times, as it, especially. And um, Lakota, you either um, go beyond the veil or be or into the spiritual plane, or your energy is gathered with the energy of the earth itself. You know, so that's why whenever the uh, the uh, tribes were like told to. Mm -hmm. Leaves their ancestral home. It was traumatic, not just because oh we have to leave our home, but they're right. leaving thousands of generations of ancestors because the ancestor joined right. with the earth itself. Ashe, Ashe, that relates to the land, and that's very much the the indigenous uh, belief and practices of of uh, in Bodo. And Voodoo, and also in Orisha, and one of the reasons why, when the slaves were being, uh, you know, taken from West Africa to the, they were told to circle the tree of forgetfulness and the ancestors, so that their pain of the separation would not be so severe. Right. Right. So that they would not hold on to, then they would forget certain things to, to provide. You know, a buffer of healing for the, for the person leaving. 
and so that also, as well some other greater secrets would not be uh, taken or, or or taken over by the the slave owner. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, and I like the parallels. The uh, a very few books I've read about um, Chifa and a food who I I did I, I did see a resemblance in that. I always found that was interesting though. Mm-hmm. I feel like how there's a parallel because you know we're doing it right. You know, I love how how different uh, cultures who who gotten told the last what. The um, 400 years never yeah. had interaction with each other, but they had the same spiritual thought. I love it. Correct. Interesting, isn't it? I love yeah, it. It really is. Because, because basically what you're describing and many of the things you, you deal with, whether it be the, an- the ancestral work, the energy work, we are talking about perceptions and informed cultural perceptions or descriptions for phenomena that exist whether you're in one religion or the next right the same way that human beings have you know a heart lungs right uh, right, blood right, flow right. And all that the spiritual world has a lot of the same basic components Absolutely. and same, same same phenomena so whether you're in china or in japan or in france or in canada you drop an apple from a tree and it will gravity will take it and it'll hit the ground. Right. And it, a lot of those phenomena that you're describing, that's why I asked you to, to, to bring forth a little bit more of an explanation on this rule here, because as I said, that is an element which is you know very similar, although we, we term it differently. But that is when we do work on Odi, when we do Odi Bibbo, or when we feed Odi, the, the Odi day, the temple of Odi, it's essentially to retrieve, to repair, to realign the person's soul with the ideal Odi, the one that has been uh, basically prepared and and uh, and you know consecrated in order to be in alignment with your destiny, which is defined by the again the Odiovifa that you came from heaven to earth with, right? So very interesting. No, interesting. So I want to backtrack a little bit to one of your other. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Okay. I wanted to backtrack to one of the things that you had mentioned with your um, classes and workshops, um, healings with quantum touch. Can you talk about the quantum touch? I'm kind of familiar with the quantum touch, but if you could give us a definition of what that is and, and, and how you go about teaching that. Well, quantum touch, uh, to be honest, is a very, very simple modality. and uses uh, the earth energy to heal. And the uh, science behind it, and I put it in quotes because, you know, we're trying to figure it out. But we also, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not perfect. But anyway, the science behind it is, is that the regenerative of life force of the earth, we summon to to uh, stimulate the healing aspect of the body. So for example, um, your energy body, your cells, your organs, your tissues, and so forth, we all have the power to heal, right? But sometimes we have the, for sometimes the earth energy can help us jumpstart that healing because 
sometimes we don't um, heal so fast. And that could be because of trauma. That can be because of stress. That can be because we haven't slept correctly or we're having this or having that. And we need some help. We need some jumper cables. So mm -hmm. energy uh, just helps helps people heal. And, and they call it quantum because it's the idea. Now, this is how it's Okay, so in um, quantum physics, a quantum is actually a part of uh, uh, time, right? It's a quantum is a measurement of time. Sorry, excuse me one sec. Um, the winds are really, really bad out here. I just, something banged against my house. I'll be right back. So Chris, I just wanted to acknowledge Christine Sugabilska had said that she hears clicking. Again, Chris, I think it might have something to do with the weather outside. I really think it's coming from my end, but I'll be right back. Continue. Sorry, Chris. No, you're fine. Um, but anyway, how they explain how to explain the quantum um, and healing. It's the bridge between energy and the physical body. So they say that quantum healing is the, the spiritual bridge that brings the a spiritual plane or the spiritual healing to the physical stuff. So that's how they explain the quantum healing. I mean, it's very simple. It's very fun. I enjoy it. Um, I don't use it all the time, but I like it. I feel a lot. Okay, very interesting. Oh, it, it's really windy out here, so my apologies. It's it's like seriously windy out there, okay, folks? Your tornadoes and my computer problems. <laughs> Good old Mercury. Good old Mercury. Oh, Mercury. It's a fantastic show. It's a fantastic show. But we have to have a little sprinkling of static and mercury's uh, flavor. Pretend it's like fairy dust. I'm pretending it's fairy dust every time I hear it. Uh, thank you, thank you. Well, I wish the fairies would take the dust and the and the branch that hit my house. <laughs> thank you very much. Away. <laughs> oh man. Oh oh oh. Anyway. oh by the way, if you find some trees or branches that was struck by lightning keep it because in Lakota it's believed to have lots of healing powers yes so oh definitely yeah. should I keep the like, ones that have been knocked down by the wind as well because <laughs> I've got a lot of those could. I mean you could it's got the same energy but you could yeah I mean it's, it's still the spirits yeah okay so I um before we get into I wanted to ask you um talking about your Lakota traditional teachings and how you link with your ancestors. I want to take it in through um, working with the dead, okay? That's one of your workshops that you offer. So let's talk about working with the dead and how does that, um, does that come from your Lakota teaching and, and how you link with your own ancestors? Um, so it just uh, basically comes from my own um, uh, magical practice, and it comes, to be honest, uh, from witchcraft. Because okay. The type of witchcraft that I was trained in, it's really necromancy. Heavy. 
Um, yeah, that's part of it, but it's a very ancestral heavy. Like, so for example, um, every single day I have to, um, talk to my ancestors. I have an ancestral sh uh, shrine and I pray for them. I don't pray to them. I, I speak to them, but I pray for them and I give them offerings and things. And, and, um, whenever we're doing a ceremony, like a witchcraft, we always, always, always call the ancestors to participate. We don't say, come just be with us we say participate like speak with us dance with us do have magical with us help us with the divination help us to call the spirits and things like that and um but it goes even deeper than that and i've been speaking with the ancestors and plus i've been doing a lot of research like a lot a lot a lot of research it's everything from the greeks to the Egyptians, to the uh, Lakota, the heathens, the uh, Celts, um, Shinto, which is a Japanese case, and um, mm -hmm. yes, practice. Yes, um, and so I I learn from other cultures, and basically what I do is I don't say, "Hey, Japanese tradition, I like what you do, so I'm going to appropriate." I don't do that. What I do is I find the common thread. Like I'm like, oh, every tradition. Uh, gives offerings to the ancestors. So I'm going to continue to do that. Oh, every tradition um, journeys with the ancestors. I'm going to do that. Oh, every tradition, they call the ancestors to facilitate healing for someone. So I'm going to do that. So between my training and all the research I've done, um, that's where it comes from. And so the so things that I teach, I teach how to honor your own ancestors. I also teach how to summon the um, the spirits of the dead to in your um, uh, magical ceremony. I teach how to uh, um, speak with them in oracles and like divination. I teach how to conjure them for like spells and magic and even curses sometimes but to clarify whenever i do a, a whenever i do a, um, a curse i would say it's more appropriately justice um uh, magic like for example um we had a a let's just say a killer on the loose here and he shot three people at random and so I opened up a portal to hell, and we haven't heard from him since. Down and down. There you go. But, uh, but that type of, of a curse isn't like, oh, I'm upset at that. Yeah, Stranger. it's not petty. It's justified. It has to be justified. And I, I, Absolutely. I was the uh, craft that as a person who has the power it's your responsibility to do the justice if you don't protect the community the spirits will actually come after you because you hold the magical key and yet you don't protect your own people no 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 that's really bad so you have good to point. you have to good point it's kind of like if you it's ask defense if you ask, like, it just say um, um, an army military 
person who's armed to protect you and they don't, well, then they're in trouble now, you know, same thing. Yeah, no, exactly. I totally, I totally understand that. And I totally get that. No, that's, that's, that's exactly how I look at it. So Chris, can you tell us a little bit more about your, um, your Lakota traditional teaching and how you link with your ancestors? Did this come to you um, at an early age or was it from that teacher who had taught you? I was uh, 31 years old and it, again, it fell into my lap because um, being a massage therapist, I had to have um, classes to keep my, to keep up to date with my licensing. And I took a Reiki class, actually. And the Reiki teacher, um, her name is uh, Billy Topatate, and she's Apache. And I'm like, oh. Do you teach classes on Native American spirituality? And she goes, I can absolutely teach you. And I was just like, um, even though I've got blue eyes and lighter skin, I do have a lot of Cherokee blood. And she was just like, no, I'm going to teach you because um, my spirits say it's okay. So I'm looking at your spirits and I see the connection there. So I learned the um, look. Lakota through her because so my grandfather who was a hundred percent Cherokee he he died of a heart attack in 1969 so about mm-hmm. six years before I was born and so the family never practiced anything and we didn't we weren't on a reservation or anything like that um, mm-hmm. but even before he died he came from a generation to where you didn't talk you didn't talk about it and if you did you might get thrown in prison because when he was a child it was 1912 from when oh, he was wow. like four years old and so he left the reservation he you know because he didn't have anything he didn't have any like he didn't have any options actually so right. he never talked about it he never I cared to follow the tradition, but I did. I had that need to, like, I need to, I I feel a, a deep calling to. Um, to connect with your ancestors. Uh, to connect with those ancestors and connect with those spirits. And so I met um, my teacher, Billy, and she, it was funny because the first thing she teaches is, is she's like, I'm going to teach you how to smudge. And I said, oh, I know how to smudge. And she goes, no, you don't. <laughs> Let me teach you how to smudge. And so she did. And it was a ceremony. It was beautiful and very heartfelt. And I was like, wow, just a smudge is a whole ceremony in itself. All you in need it, is of a, itself. a smudge. Because you call the spirits and you connect and you speak with the spirit of the sage and you connect with that. And then you... Uh, cleanse yourself and give to the four directions and you it's connection 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 pray 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 and that's thank a you smudge, you thank know? you um and so the second thing she taught me was the eagle song and in lakota there's about twenty five thousand eagle songs so um and that's wow it's just like so I want to get to the cool stuff. I want to get to the sweat lodge and the pipe and 
and the yeah. eagle feathers, and she's like, "No, just you have baby to learn steps." So I learned this song, and I remember thinking, "I want to get to the meat." And after I practiced that song for weeks and weeks and weeks, it was one song. Fun. She was like, okay, now you're going to put the two together. You're going to do the smudge and you're going to do the sacred song. And and then I remember closing my eyes and singing this song. And I just saw in my mind's eyes all the the ancestors all around me. And I said, Billy! Hilly, I'm seeing ancestors. And she was like, oh, keep going, keep going. <laughs> she was like, don't stop going. And so I was like, okay. And I'm like, wow. And then she was explaining to me how the healing, how the power comes from your yeah. heart. It goes into the drum. And the beater is like your well, it's your sense of it's your sense of pure connection yeah. to everything. Like a little tree of life. And when you're beating the drum and, and as you're sending this song and this healing into the drum, it amplifies it a hundredfold and calls all the spirits. And and that's how you heal in, in, in that tradition. And I was just like, wow. Wow, one, yeah. One song did all that. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And they have how many eagle songs? Like, oh my God. There's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons because I know about four or five eagle songs, but I mean altogether, I think I know about thirty or forty songs of of all types of songs, like ancestor songs and right. and grandfather right. songs and mother right. earth songs and spirit songs and whatever. But I have about four eagle songs in my repertoire whatever um uh, but there's tons and tons i mean you can actually google lakota yeah, eagle yeah. song you'll find a brand new one every day hmm. you know? wow wow so do you still keep that ceremony going yourself at any point in time in your life is that something you still practice i do it perfect i love time. it all the time sometimes if i'm like i'm in a park or i'm walking and I'll say, well, this place feels holy to me. I won't have a drum. I won't have tobacco. I'll just sit there and I'll, I'll tap on my leg and I'll start to sing the song. And here come the wind. Here come the spirits. And I was like, wow. you know, all you need is you don't even need a drum. You need yourself. You need your heart. And you need your connection to the earth, to the air, to the the tree and that's all you need that's really absolutely all yeah i'm getting excited absolutely. just talking about it. i'm like oh i'm living it i'm there again <laughs> i love it no i really really enjoy that chris thank you you know yeah. and it's funny because we talked about you um in our pre-show and your yeah. connection um to the lakota and being also of native uh, background and you said your brother who looks completely different from you. Yeah. And and yet, you know, here we are, we're looking at you, blonde, blonde haired, you know, lighter haired, blue eyed, and it's like, who are we to judge, right? So my brother has pitch black, and I mean pitch black, I have never seen blacker hair than him. He, wow. he has brown eyes, but I have the darker skin. I mean, it's not real dark, but I have the darker skin. And he is pale as a ghost white 
Like, why? <laughs> like, it's weird. I'm just like, how are you so pale? And like, <laughs> thick, black hair. And I have like, brownish, blonde, blue eyes. And I have the darker skin. It's genetic. So, um, someone was explaining to me how genetics actually work. It's like uh, Mother Nature puts all your background in a martini shaker, shakes it up, and pours some on all your siblings. And did you know you don't have to have the exact same genetics as your siblings do? Like, for example, you, you will have similar DNA, absolutely. But you may have brown eyes. Your your brother would have blue. Um, you could be tall. Your yeah. sister could be short. Um, you could have a different this, different that. Yeah. And it's also yeah. interesting because how it was explained to me is this. Oh, I think we lost our fishing comes back. <laughs> um, oh, we just had one of those moments. <laughs> but, oh, see, now you're down there. I got to look at you up there. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do that, Chris? <laughs> it's magic. It's magic. It's magic. This is a magic show. <laughs> oh, I really hope that we can do more magic than that. I'll do it with a little bit of crackling. No, Chris, we do. <laughs> anyway, but. But genetics are strange and weird and cool, but you know, yeah. No, no, for sure. So, Chris, I I loved our conversation here. I'm gonna have to turn it over to to uh, to G to Jean Jerome. Oh, <laughs> You're gonna kill me for saying some, that. Somebody's squatching you, Teresa. <laughs> so I'll let you take over a little bit here, Jean Jerome. That's like 20 minutes. <laughs> I know. I always hog the show. So, Chris, quick question. Um, yeah. you, you made references, actually, a few questions. You made references a lot to a traditional witchcraft. Yeah. Uh, it, it, what, but with Interestingly, because we've had these conversations with other guests in terms of the emphasis on ancestors not being there, uh, but yet in your traditional witchcraft, uh, you know, uh, lineage or whatever you want to call it, you, there seems to be a preponderant emphasis. Oh my God! Matt, yeah. what from what uh, origin? Again, what tradition or what lineage or what? locality does that tradition come from? So, for me, I was a trained and initiated in a Welsh tradition, but I I kind of, I hate to say broke away. I don't want to say like it's a bad thing. I evolved into my own flavor, especially that way. And I okay. went to more of a heathen slant. So, for example, we um, one thing you have to know about Welsh traditional witchcraft, and I don't want to speak for everyone, the lineage that I'm from, is that it's a very uh, strong Anglo-Saxon tradition, so it's kind of like a hodgepodge of, a, of, a, of, of Celtic spirits and like Anglo-Saxons, say like Odin and Thor and things like that. But 
for me, I really like having a more heathen um, slant to it, partly because I have a lot of German blood. Um, so we work a lot with the goddess Fraholda, who to us has is kind of like Hela, the, the goddess of the underworld. And we work a lot with the elves, we work a lot with the dragons, uh, the ancestors, um, and things like that. One of the things that's helpful to Nico about traditional crabs is, is that it wasn't like, you know, Celtic paganism or heathen paganism. It was kind of a blend between Judeo-Christian concepts, paganism, and like some of the cunning uh, crabs, when I say cunning crabs, I'm in the old folk healers, you know. Think mm -hmm. about the 16th century person who had the herbal potion and who would heal your, 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 your ailments. And the reason that happened was is because, you know, a lot of uh, traditional witches, that's how they paid their that's how they got money and so if you showed them a spell or a magical technique that was strong and powerful sure right. they'll use it. So, so they weren't purists you know, I mean you'll never hear a, uh, you'll never hear a, a story about a traditional witch in the 17 or 1800s saying no it must be pure pure English or else we won't use it it's a hodgepodge of things you know, and, and you know, and if you read some of the history and the archaeology and some of the old books, and to be honest, I think there's also an element of like mythology in there too. Like, oh, uh, we were taught this by Odin. No, you made that up, which is fine as long as you can't read these books. I teach all of my students whatever I teach you. And you want to change as long as you get results. I don't care what you do. I mean, it's your path, you know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're ancestor heavy because in the traditional crap that I was trained in, it was very outside witchcraft. And it's the only time you went inside was from like uh, late November to spring and even since and then you dress for the occasion i remember right. telling people in my circle okay wear appropriate shoes because i can remember some of our younger people had fashionable shoes and then they're upset that wait we're actually going two miles into the forest on a on a rainy evening yep we sure are so they only wore <laughs> inappropriate shoes the one time. Um, but but like some of the, the, the things, it's we have a concept in, in our, excuse me, in our craft that's called um, the grave, the shore, and the hill. So the hill what? is the grave. Can you say that again? Yep. The grave, the, the shore, and the hill. The grave, okay. the shore, and the hill. Mm -hmm. so, okay. So, so the hill, that's where you commune with the gods, the the planetary spirits, the angels, stuff like that. The shore, the seashore, 
there's a place of the other world, the elves, the the fairies, and the other world beings, because the seashore is, you're not in the ocean, you're not on the earth, you're in between. And then right. you have the grave, and the grave is, of course, the cemetery. So those were the th- th- three places that my tradition mm-hmm. that you did your rituals. So we were off in a graveyard at night at 2 a.m., dancing around graveyards, calling spirits, you know, or or you went to the seashore. And I'm in Chicago here, and we have um lake michigan so yes there's shore but you can also use the forest too like for example i'm sure there are lots of people going i don't live by a shore then you can use a field or you can use whatever you can use a river as well a river you can use a river or or a a lake or a pond but if you don't have those things you can go out to the forest or a field or something um, I will say one of the coolest ceremonies we ever did because there's this field and it was about October-ish maybe and it wasn't freezing but there was a chill in the air and there was one black tree in this giant field on the full moon and this tree had lost all its leaves and I'm like yeah, we're going to dance around the, this the, the history and call the spirits. Hell yeah. And so it was so cool and so powerful and just so, oh my God, I loved it. So, um, yeah. you, you know, it's the other thing that <laughs> sometimes we have brand new uh, people join us and I hear this all the time. Do I have to go sky clad on like traditional witches? Don't do sky clad. Not that we have a hang up about it, but it's cold in Europe. And so we're not going to be naked. <laughs> Hi, I live in Scotland. Let's take off all of our clothes. No, 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 no. <laughs> we had our clothes off. Hell no. Well, <laughs> That's plus, done indoors. I, mean, I enjoy doing uh, rituals and ceremonies in like October, November, whatever. And it's cold. It's cold. And plus we're outside and I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> put your robes on and you go you outside. That's what I've always done. <laughs> and grab some graveyard dirt, throw it in a cauldron and scream. So that's going to be my official <laughs> spell for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> graveyard dirt and scream. <laughs> so, so that, uh, now in terms of, um, you, you made a reference. So Given the different traditions that you have, you know, studied, and again, looking as you do, doing comparative analysis and incorporating mm-hmm. constructs that that are common and that fit with your spiritual path and yeah. and what you do, and and your and that underpinning of the ancestors. So, two questions from that: one, have you in your in this long journey you've had, and you know, diverse journey? Have you been able to identify your primary ancestral spiritual guide? Do you believe in one ancestral spiritual guide, which is your main guide, and they basically whose mission you and your mission and your destiny sort of intertwine in this life? Is that part of your belief, or um, has been part of your experience? It is. I think all. I always so. This is kind of a two-part thing. The first thing is, is that 
all the spirits on your ancestor altars should uh, be able to help you in the spirit world. I mean, some of them have more ability than others, and some of them are more active than others. But I do have, I actually teach, I talk about it in my first book, I think, or the second book, um, and uh, deeper into the underworld, I talk about an ancestral teacher. An ancestral teacher is a basically, for lack of a better term, an ancestral spirit uh, guide. And so I teach how to journey and go to, uh, to the underworld and find an ancestor who's, who's, who's been an ancestor for a long time or spiritually evolved. And they can help you and navigate the underworld. They, they can help you work with the spirits of the of the dead and all sorts of things, you know. And so, yeah, to answer your question, I do believe in one powerful ancestor who who can help you. It's almost like a matriarch for me. It's a female. main guy. Yeah, main like ancestral. Uh, guy. It's very good. Okay. Uh, but it isn't like my grandma. It's my great 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 great. Yeah. yeah. Or, or 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 perhaps even someone that's not even directly blood related. It could be somebody well, who's in your facility. For yourself, it is. Okay. For myself, it is. I don't think. How do I feel about that? I actually think that it's better to have it. Be blood, because it's your family. They want to take care of you. Um, but that's just how I feel about it. If a person says, "Hey, I found a spirit of the dead who isn't blood, and I have a strong connection," and say, "Want to be my spiritual teacher?" I don't see the harm in that at all. But for me, I I like the strong feeling of blood connection. I mean, I just uh, feel drawn to that. So for me, mm -hmm. I really like it to be family. Absolutely. Okay. And then the Crowley question, although different, and within these different traditions, what has been your, let's say, conclusion? But what is your understanding of, and you've made reference to it about, you know, you use the word hell or going into the, you know, into the abyss that it's, to to seek the energy to do it for justice sake what is your concept of that dark part of, of the spirit world you know, let's say some people use different names hell some people use you know just the dark spirits or the, 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 yeah, the spirits. Yeah. so in ceremonial magic we do believe in and demons and a concept called the Kelly, the Kelly quote, which is the um, the inverse of the tree of life. I don't like to use the word word hell because in um, heathenism, hell is a goddess. She's a goddess mm -hmm. of a dad. I don't use hell. Um, I may say Helheim, which is the land of the goddess of death. I'll do that. Right. But for the darker places, I usually call them the shadow lands or or, or, the, or the abyss. But to me, the abyss is something different. The abyss is nothing. It's blackness. It's nothing. But I do believe in the shadow lands and places where, um, where darker spirits are. Um, 
I do believe that there are primal spirits who are are harmful to people. I don't mm-hmm. think they're fallen angels. Um, I think that there are very ancient spirits who roam the earth. You know, think you know acid rain, man, massive um, earthquakes. Think of volcanoes, dinosaurs, the formation of the earth. So obviously um, humans can't survive that. It's, it isn't hospitable to us. And so that is what people refer to the old spirits or the old uh, God or whatever. Or the more well. And so of course, when the, um, when the, the earth evolved and had like animal life and, and so forth, those, those primal spirits had no place to go. And so I actually don't think that they were thrown into the underworld and locked away. I think they retreated. I think they're like, eh, we're bored here now. So uh, we are going to go and, and go into the underworld. And, and sometimes, sometimes they, come out and cause ill health for people but i don't think they're they're um evil spirits i just I think they're darker spirits who don't belong here and we have to send them home you know because there have been um, several times i've had a i've had a client who's like chris i just feel bad i feel sick i'm losing weight i'm like ooh. i'm seeing a spirit who's attached to you who i need to send home and so I'll I'll send them home and heal them with um, healing energy and set. You know, it usually does a trick. You know, so that's my long-winded story about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. And and that's our last question for myself right now. At divination, you've touched on it. The you know using divination and you've you've said uh, you know cards or other things. What what is what would be your Go to like when you know you're facing tough any you know serious case a client or yourself really tough questions. What is your go to system of divination? I actually have three systems I like. I enjoy the tarot, mm-hmm. but I also enjoy the runes. Okay, can plain old scrying. Like I'll get a black bowl and 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 put water in it and just like peer into it and see what I see because sometimes sometimes if we're, we're, we're reading the tarot, sometimes I think the um, images can influence us and, and they're supposed to influence yeah. us. That's what they're for. So sometimes I'll throw down the runes and see what they say. I'm like, okay. And then if I'm really stumped, like, mm, I don't know what's going on. I'll just, okay, I'll just Peer into the blackness of the boat and see what the spirits are tell me. But I also pray to like the spirits of divination, the spirits of the future, the three norms, the fates, things like that, to help me um, discern what I'm seeing. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, look, an apple. Okay, what's that mean? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, spirits, tell me what it means. And they'll tell me. They're like, it yeah. means this and this. Oh, okay. Thank you. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I an easier conduction through water. 
I mean, I think so, but it depends on the focus. Sometimes I might show me my path and I'll take out the tarot. And other times I'm like, hmm, let me grab a bag of thrones see what they say. And so it depends how I feel. It depends what's going on, you know. I actually like a bibliomachinic handsy too. Like take a book and just open up to a random uh, page and see what it says. I like to do that. Right. Right. No, I, I like that. That's yeah. that's worked for me before. And so last wrong. question. Last question. Uh, yes. In sort of following it. Your con from all the, in the different traditions, mm -hmm. your understanding or belief in the the concept of destiny where destiny is almost like a force of nature and, and, uh, and you know, something which a person comes to earth with and must accomplish. What, what, what has been your uh, the findings of the different traditions you practice? What is your personal feeling or belief on that? So can my personal feeling is, is to, okay, we're all here for divine re reason, you know, some of our reasons, like for myself, I'm a teacher, I'm a priest, I'm a healer. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's all the things I do. Um, and for other people, it could be all kinds of things. It, it doesn't have to be, I'm a priest or I do magic. It can be, I work at, you know, Target, maybe, I mean, Every single thing is sacred, and one of the things that, that they teach in um, Lakota is every breath and every footstep is a prayer. Every yes. one. So whatever you are doing, even if it isn't your ideal job, like for example, if you're like, oh man, during COVID I had to take a job at Target. Hey, that's sacred. It's putting food on your uh, plate and taking care Absolutely. of your family. They could work, you know. But Absolutely. anyway, I think that um, I think we're all called here for a reason, and some of us accept the call, and some of us do not accept the call. I don't think you have to, but I also think that if you are going to live a, a rich, deep life, you answer the call. Like for me, if I if I don't answer the call, the spiritual call. I feel a hole in my heart, and it's unbearable for me. It feels almost painful, you know. Um, however, the difference between destiny and fate, um, like destiny to me means, hey, Chris, you're supposed to be a healer. However, mm -hmm. however it manifests is kind of up to you and your spirits. Fate, on the other hand, is like I was a fated, to become a massage therapist. I was a fated to become a priest, but my destiny was to be a healer. Because that makes sense? Yeah. Like, how it manifests. It's kind of like destiny is your main thing. It's like the overarching thing. In fate, mm -hmm. you can have tons of little fates. You can have the fate of a situation. I, like, for example, it was in my fate to come on this show. <laughs> um, uh, does it change anything? Does it? I don't know. Um, I'm hopeful that people who are saying this show are getting something out of it. Uh, but 
but the, the, this is a part of my destiny as being a teacher and a healer. It's just one more thing. So, so that's how I see it. Um, I also kind of believe, and I don't want to scare people, that if you have a calling for something and you can you can you reject the, the calling, I think that's where sickness and disease set in. Um, sure. Like, for example, if you're supposed to be a healer and you're like, uh -huh. no, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. Half the time I've seen, myself included, and some friends and, and, the, and clients, what happens? I hate my job. I hate my life. I hate my relationship. I'm not happy. I'm incapable. Oh, I'm starting to feel sick and tired. You know, for, whereas if you find something that's empowering to you, and, and again, it doesn't have to be all grand. It doesn't have to be, I'm Superman. It can mean I'm a teacher. It can mean I'm a first responder. It can mean whatever. Or I do, mm -hmm. um, I do podcasts. Maybe it's that. Like I don't know. Um, when you answer that uh, call, you're happier because right. we've all been there. We've all been there, especially in this group. Yep. I can tell that you, you know when you're doing the thinking you love the most, but my okay. Lord, you have not slept in 24 hours. You're exhausted. You, uh -huh. You're hungry and you're like, I love this shit. You know, you're just happy yep. because yep. you're doing what you love. You know, absolutely. absolutely. You know, absolutely, Chris. Things happen. And if we have to work at a job we hate, just remember it's only temporary. And every breath and every footstep is a prayer to the spirits and to the gods. And just remember that. And and by doing something like that, it's still sacred. It really is. I think that's important. Thank you for bringing that up. It's true. I think people forget that you know we're so we're so inclined to sometimes you know bemoan our our life and what we're doing now and not happy and everything instead of looking at the other side and looking at it, like you said, as a prayer, it's sacred what I'm doing, you know, no matter what it is that you're doing, it is also a way of honoring yourself. Like you said, if it brings food yes. to your table and yes. you're able to express your spiritual side in a different way, so be it. And you know what? I think that's really important. Thank you, Chris, for bringing that up. I think that that to me is key, what you said. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny because it is a Lakota teaching. I remember years ago when we had um, uh, one of my friends who's watching tonight, Chris, she'll know. She was the one who introduced me to um, Walking Thunder, and she's a Lakota medicine woman. And she had taught me the pra a prayer, may you walk in beauty. May you walk in beauty every day. And that beauty is expressed in every which way that you take a step in life. And I think that's really key, you know? Absolutely. I really do. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I thank you. Well, part of the reason I even bring that up and talk about it is I see so many people, and I used to see it on Facebook all the time, people just gripe about their jobs and they hate everything. Can, can I can understand the frustration? I do, I, I've had some- I get it, I get it. 
work situations that I hated, but at the same time, and this is also why I hate the the uh, the uh, uh, term uh, mundane. I hate that term. But, oh, it's my mundane life. No, your life is not ordinary. It's not basic. It's not mundane because if you see everything you do as a sacred act, if you see your tools, like for example, I keep saying target because I think I need to pick something out of, out of a target for some reason. I don't know why I keep thinking about it, but, but say you're the person who um, rings people up. You have tools and you're helping, you're helping other people meet their needs. You know, like absolutely, like I'm telling people, find how you're helping someone, someone else. Like I have a good friend, and I don't want to say names, but he's like, "Oh, uh, what's your job? Oh, my job is to help other people f uh, find their find a job." I'm like, "Wait, so you help people find their dream job? That is sacred. Oh my goodness, like that's amazing." He's like. Yeah, but it doesn't feel sacred. I'm like, okay, you gotta look. Look beyond. It's sacred. You know, it's magical. It's amazing. You know. No, and and Christine, one of our um, one of our guests who's watching, my friend Chris. Hi, Chris. She had said, "We are miracles. We definitely are. We are walking miracles, and we should always remember that." And and. And appreciate the sacredness that we are given a life. We are given life, and we are able to express ourselves. You know, because it's so easy to 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 talk every day in a you know in a muggle mundane world, right? But we forget that we are special individual human beings who connect with spirit, and, and that's important. Yeah. Well, think. No, I did. Our body is an altar, right? Think about it. I mean, you have. Thank you, you have earth in your, your bones. You have air you, you breathe. Water is your blood. And then fire, of course, is your your energy, your spirit. Your so, spirit, I mean, your passion. Absolutely. So, Jean Jerome, are there any uh, questions from the audience? Any other comments? Because I know my friend Chris is watching. This yeah, is Christina Pshibilski who I had, um, oh my God, many, many, many years ago, had formed the Eastern European Kitchen Witches with. Um, yeah, hi, Chris. We are miracles. Yes, we are. Uh, she is my uh, my good friend. I've known her for many, many years. God, 40 years, if not more. But anyway, I'm dating myself here. Yeah. Um, Sean Jerome, go ahead. Are there any no, questions? Right, right, right now, I've asked everybody. I think everybody's being shy or they're mesmerized by the show. <laughs> they're not asking questions right now. But I have a good okay. opportunity as we're coming close to the to the end of the second oh, hour. Yes, 10 o'clock. Uh, yes. Chris, tell us about, I mean, we know about your new book, Other World. What, what other uh, upcoming events or painting or what's um, coming well, down the pipe? Well, I haven't even really thought about it because I, like, as I told you you guys before, I'm going to grad school now for theology, so stuff like that. So, and plus, normally, normally when a book comes out, I do a small local tour and I'll, like, do all the 
uh, pagans tours and all that stuff. And um, I can't really do that now. So, so everything I do has to be online, but I may have absolutely. A I may, I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm brewing a contest in my head and I, I think what I'm going to uh, do is I'm going to give a free class to everybody who's purchasing the, uh, my book. I think I'm going to do that. Um, kind of, uh, nice. uh, a free online class. But, but the only caveat to that is they have to take a picture of themselves and post the link on their page to the book and they'll get the free class. So that, that, that's nice. been done by a few authors even in the Risha, they've done that. Just requested, you know, take a picture that you've got them go to purchase it. And then uh, I'm happy to, you know, honor that as a, a class or, you know, score, what have you. Yeah, yeah. And um, a part of it is, is that it's just like exposure um, because I, so my publisher now is a um, own books, um, M O O. And, and they're good, but they're not as big as, say, Llewellyn or Wisner, who, like, spends hundreds of thousands of dollars on promos for people. For they do, my publisher does uh, two promotions, but it isn't as big of a scale as the other publishers mm -hmm. do. And so mm -hmm. I'm happy to do my own publicity. I enjoy it. I enjoy people. I enjoy um and shows like this, I enjoy teaching. Perfect. My favorite things to do. So, I'm, plus, I look at it, if you support me, I, I would love to give you a gift like that. You know? No, that's good. No, that's good. That's good philosophy. No. and of course, good way to grow your reputation, the name, and to grow a network. Right. That one of the reasons we did this show is so that people that follow, you know, an indigenous belief system. And have really spent on the, the spiritual work and helping their communities, helping their family, and their countries, and all that through their yeah. spiritual path. That let them know they're not alone, and that they have kindred spirits. Maybe practicing a different modality, but kindred spirits. Yeah. And that they support and, and promote and to be there for each other, so that they don't feel so isolated sometimes or alone. Well, it's interesting because I. See on Facebook groups all the time. People are like, "Hey, can you help me find a teacher who who knows how to work with the the spirits? I can't find any." I'm like, "Oh, okay. So we're can people don't know that we're we're here. People don't know about these traditions. People don't Absolutely. know that there's other things. And you know, and not to say that the um, uh, uh, mainstream paganism is lacking because it isn't it's just some people like a, a, a different flavor and that's okay right no no and okay so ken here um do you go to a sweat lodge on a regular basis or at least prior to covid covid actually i've actually been to i can't even count how many sweat lodges and um each of the chiefs, we call them chiefs. We don't call them like spiritual leaders. We call them chiefs. And each of the chiefs, they have autonomy to uh, to to the sweat lodge, however they choose. 
And I've had some chiefs who it feels like a nice sauna. I've had other chiefs who who hate us and want us all to die of heat exhaustion. Um, and so um, we actually, we try to go like once every month uh, before COVID. And let me tell you though, it's the most, I think, one of the most powerful healing spiritual experiences. But sometimes it's tough because I I can handle some heat and I, well. <laughs> it is, Chris. It's a design as an or as a spiritual ordeal. The idea is that when you're quote unquote suffering because it's hot, when you're suffering, you're doing it as a sacrifice of yourself, of uh, your comfort to the spirits so that someone else can heal or you're praying for somebody the whole time you're praying and can you sing in the right. sacred songs and and but you're um you're like you're sweating it's kind of like let me suffer so my friend doesn't suffer from their sickness i see so you're doing it like that and and let me tell you so like mm-hmm. felt lost to where i am red not from heat but from like or should say not from the fire but from the heat and you get Absolutely. out you feel like you are floating you feel like you're flying on air and it lasts for like 24 to 48 hours in fact sometimes we always have um, food after because they will not you're grounded that's how like high on spirit you are it's amazing no, true. I've I've done a I've done a couple of them uh, myself, um, and I know how that feels. What's that? Did they try to kill you with the heat? Um, the very first one I went to, yeah, <laughs> I was dying. I was literally dying, and I thought, oh my god! I remember, you know, um, I think what Ken Allen says: How many doors do you usually do? We called it rounds. And after the first round, honestly, I remember falling to the ground, to the earth, and just literally melting into the earth. And I was covered in muck, but I was so hot. I remember just going, oh, my God, I just want to feel the cool earth. It was it was something else. I, not, I had never experienced it. But by the third round, I was sort of like, oh, my God, can we just get through this? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> So my chief said this is true because so one of the chiefs he's 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 hard like he's hard and I mean hard because I went to his lodge and I turned to my friend like are you kidding me with this and he's like oh man and so I like said, your lungs are on fire it felt like oh and you can't breathe and I said chief I'm having a hard time I'm having a hard time that's what you say and the chief oh my god it was amazing he did this he goes okay can i say chief no I'm, I'm struggling chief and he goes okay everybody stop talking stop singing and we all stopped and he says okay i want everybody to listen to the universe i want you to listen to it right now he goes you hear that sound in your head whatever that sound is that's the universe and then he says now when you feel that pain, when you feel that suffering, when you feel that heat, 
hear the song of the universe in your head and start praying to that. And you pray like you've never prayed before and you pray for everything, every person, every animal, everything. And by Lord, you know, I I felt great. It was amazing. I was like, this chief is amazing because he's like, everybody stop. Hear the universe. And it was just so good. I mean, he's like, man, he snapped us out of it. It was good. It was good. Yeah. A good leader in a sweat lodge would know how to do that for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So, so Ken had a question which I'm, I'm not familiar. How many doors do you usually do? Usually uh, four. So one for each uh, direction. Sometimes yeah. I do five. And five is what they call the spirit round. The first round is for the east and south and so forth. But then, then sometimes for what they call the warriors, <laughs> um, they'll do a spirit round. So if you are doing Sundance or um, you have to do five rounds, like you have to do the spirit round. And that's because there's special if you're if you're going to sacrifice yourself for the Sundance, which is four days of no food, no water, dancing and being can being pierced in the chest. Um, but, but the fifth round is they and they call the spirits. To, but to do certain things to your body and change and your spirit to prepare you for that four day ordeal. But you don't have to be, be in Sundance to do it. Like everyone's mm. invited, but you have to do, do it if you do Sundance. Like I've, I've, never, I've never actually performed in Sundance before. I want to, I really do. Um, but um, can, 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 can I've done the fifth round before, and you at least I did. I think by that time you're so high with spirit, like in the fifth round, I was like, "That's it. That's all you got." You know, I'm, <laughs> let me have more energy. And you're, you're taunting and like, no, You guys had enough. You're done. <laughs> Get out of the lodge. Go eat something. <laughs> you want a piece yeah. of me? You want a piece of me? Right at that point, you're like, bring it, spirit, bring it. I got you. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> and spirit is going, ha ha, you're cute. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, yes, oh, my God, we're like 10 minutes off uh, past our two hour. Um, I've enjoyed our conversation, Chris, immensely. And I, you know, how can anyone get in touch with you, let's say, for any future classes? We'll definitely put them on Ancestralized Group. Actually, but how does someone uh, Chris, get your book? Chris, Chris I, 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 I'm telling you this and also all our prior guests. Everybody's very polite, and I appreciate that. But the reason we did the Ancestralized Group mm. is for everyone, especially our, our, our prior guests, to feel free to post any events. Okay. Workshop, book, or anything else. I mean, I'm constantly, Dries and I are constantly so scared, am I. Right? And you and, know what? You can do duplicates we, even, John. We're, we're, we're sharing. Yeah, exactly. We're sharing it. Sometimes a duplicate, right? Because I got it, so you got it. We both we put it. We both put it on. And I I delete his. I always go. I put mine up first, oh. and then I go look at him. He's not even paying attention. Boom! Oh. I take his. <laughs> You gotta love Teresa. Eh? Oh, I'm gonna have to squash you, Teresa. 
That's it. I'm going to have to squat you, deleting my post. But but truthfully, uh, feel free. And to all of us, any of our prior guests who are listening, feel free. Uh, Our home is your home. Centralized group is really meant to be a platform for sharing, for camaraderie, for you know helping each other to grow and supporting each other. So feel free to do that. Okay, okay, Uh, perfect. I'll do that. Chris, I have enjoyed this show. I've really enjoyed this show. I'm really glad we got a chance to talk and 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 open up and and get uh you know and get have everybody join in and, and understand it. Oh my God, here we go. Sorry, Chris. If you don't tune in every week, you have to know this is our show mascot. Okay, <laughs> Beth, who is our part mo- of our, our show. Mo- this is her cat, Mojo. And he's also Jean Jerome's godson. One of our That's awesome. <laughs> and so here he is watching our show. And there's his that's sister. A little sister that's also watching. Oh, so cute. And that's Mojo. He's been watching every single show. Every time the show comes on, these these two, especially Mojo, the, the, the man, is always watching the show. Oh my God! And so now TT does too. Now TT does too. So we want to acknowledge them, <laughs> and uh, thank you, Chris. It's been a, a an honor, a pleasure me. to have you on board. Quote a quote. Yes, go ahead. Don't forget the quote, Chris. Do you have a life quote or something that you live by, or something that has meaning to you? Um, I only have a life philosophy. Um, I have a quote. I have a philosophy. Okay. So basically, if you want something, go for it. And it's going to be frightening and scary, and it's going to be hard, and it'll probably hurt. Do it anyway. Perfect. Absolutely. Oh, and there's Beth. Hey, almost since birth. What? What the the, what the, uh, the Mojo's been watching almost since birth since he's uh, even he's That's only right. a couple of months old, right? So. Right, right. Okay. But you know what? Uh, That's a great quote, Chris, because it's simple, it's to the point, and hey, everybody can relate to that one. Yeah. So thank you, Chris. Thank you to thank everyone you. who's joined us tonight. And Many I yes. I want a copy of your book, Chris. How do I go about that? Should I connect with you? I'll send you one. I'll send you one. Okay. All right. Yeah. I will. We'll connect privately and tell me how much and whatever, and I'll give you my address, etc., and stuff. So. Yeah. So. I look forward to it. All right. No, for sure. So, everybody, be safe. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, Chris, yes. it's been a pleasure. And we apologize for that crackling noise. It seems to be outside of our control. Uh, could be StreamYard or could be Mercury. You know what? I think it's StreamYard. I thought it was like every so often, like the winds are really bad up here. And, you know, every so often a branch hits my house. Like the last time I had to go out and I thought, okay, this is it. And then when I came back, all of a sudden, you know, and then again, we lost the signal there. I lost the signal. So 
we apologize for that, but there's some things that are out of our control. But we can't right. do anything about it. So anyway. Have a good night. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. Take care, everyone. Good Have a great weekend. Good boy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.